Do you suffer from painful, heavy periods, PMS, mood swings, or migraines? Are you tired of being told they are just normal parts of life? Or are you afraid your child's going to suffer these symptoms too? At Vividus, the full of life company, we take the pain, misery, and confusion out of those menstrual cycles and replace them with tools of empowerment and time management so you can be Vividus. Visit embracingflowpodcast.com for more information on transforming your cycles from ow to wow. Ever felt frustrated being told PMS, heavy bleeding, and cramping are just normal parts of life? You're not alone. I loathed my monthly cycle for decades. That all changed when I earned three health coaching certifications discovering something incredible. Your period is vital. It is an outward sign of your inner health, and it holds the key to unlocking your full potential. I've been there battling heavy, painful periods, and I turned them into cycles with minimal PMS and cramping. Today, I'm on a mission to share that information with you. Pour a cup of your favorite drink, get comfy, and grab your headphones as we embark on a candid and empowering journey of self-discovery. Together, we'll demystify menstrual cycles, explore cyclical living, delve into natural birth control, and guide parents through those crucial period talks with tweens and teens. It's time to break the taboo around menstruation and embrace the wisdom it holds. I'm your host, Heather Allmendinger, and this is the Embracing Flow Podcast. Welcome and hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Embracing Flow. I'd like to introduce our guest today, an expert at Embracing Flow, Kai Graham. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kai. How are you? I'm good, Heather. Thank you for this. It's um, a real treat to be here. So thank you for the opportunity to chat to your audience. Uh, I love that you are here. Uh, Listeners, Kai Graham is a family anxiety support specialist focusing primarily on teens and young adults. Kai is an international speaker, podcaster, and Amazon number one bestselling author. Imagine your once anxious teenager now conquering stress, excelling at school, and feeling confident in their own skin. I make this happen. Kai, that is an amazing quote. Kai (laughs) uses her four-step changing pictures approach to eradicate specific anxiety issues in two sessions this fun technique is fun fast safe and it's offering a swift and effective outcome every time that sounds amazing that you are able to do that in two sessions yeah it's 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 a it's a big claim but it's it hasn't let me down yet heather (laughs) said it if you find something that works keep using it absolutely keep using it you're quite right. Yeah, yeah. You you briefly shared with me, um, well, even in your bio, it says you work with teens and anxiety. Yes. yes. What, how did you get into this field? How did you get to um, where you're at? Yeah, the, the, the long and the short of it is, is that I'm a bit of a chameleon. Um, I started off in my 20s. I worked um, in the city of London, um, sort of in the back end of the trading floor. And then I was a stay-at-home mum in my 30s. In my 40s, I was a wedding and portrait photographer. And in my 50s, I sort of ground to a halt. And um, my dad was um, diagnosed with terminal cancer. And after he died, I just couldn't get going again. I didn't know where I was going. And um, I became a life coach for women, who helping them career moves, mastectomies, messy divorces, you name it. But at the same time, I was volunteering for the UK's leading um, sort of child counselling service. It's called Childline over here. And I was speaking to kids on the phone and online chat and all that sort of stuff. 
and word got out. And so a lot of the mums were sort of going, listen, I know I need help, but will you sort my child out? Will you sort my child out? And um, my kids were teenagers at the time, so I couldn't really say no, could I? I, I, I knew what these mums were going through. I have first-hand experience. I've been in the trenches for now 30 years um, of parenting. And um, I know what it's like to have um, kids, especially one has, whose Jack has got ADHD and severe anxiety. So I know what it's like. So I sort of found myself rolling up my sleeves and helping these kids who were struggling. Um, and I've sort of helped hundreds of, of young people through Childline, through my one-to-one -one work, through working at schools and prisons and you name it. And um, it just became really important to me to help them with their anxieties, which tends to show up in all sorts of shapes and forms. And um, it could be worrying about friendship issues. It could be worrying about getting the school bus because you were bullied. It could be self-harm. It could be eating disorders. So anxiety has got a lot to answer for. And what I'm finding more and more is the sooner we nip it in the bud, the better. So I am trying to help kids understand that they're not broken, that anxiety is a, an innate part of being a human. So actually, if we can help them get the strategies that they need that sadly aren't really often taught in schools, um, but if we can teach them sort of what they need to do to get over their hump, then they're not carrying this baggage around with them for decades after, like some of us adults have had to do. So, um, yeah, so that's that's one of the reasons, um, you know, it's or a whole host of reasons why I'm doing what I do. And, and I blimmin' love teenagers, so I think I think they're great. So um, if I can help them out, whoopee-doo. Yes, uh, I... Yes, if I had a way of getting rid of a lot of the anxiety I had when I was a teenager, oh my goodness, the stuff yeah. I've learned now on how to get rid of it as an adult that started as teenagers, I'm like, why was yeah. I living with this for so long? Absolutely. What You mentioned a few of the things with bullying, uh, with getting on the bus. What are some other, I don't want to say minor, but unusual ways teens may show anxiety for parents to be aware of if they okay. see a change in their child so they're i know sometimes behavior is an indication um outbursts and that sort of thing but what are some other not so well known or even other ways of noticing that your child might be dealing with anxiety um it's sort of the thing is, what's really tricky is um, for parents to sort of realize what's the difference between anxiety and my child just being a teenager. Because a lot of these things are very similar in that they run to their room and don't communicate. Or, you know, they sort of spend half their time on their phone with their headphones in and sort of shutting out everyone else at home. Um, change in sort of sleeping habits, changing eating patterns. I mean, some of these are very noticeable changes, but is it anxiety or is it just they're growing up? And, you know, they, they, and so I think the thing is, is that you have to spot what is normal for your child. Um, you know, sort of, I, I, I mentioned sort of eating disorders and that, that doesn't necessarily have to be sort of, you know, bulimia or anorexia. I sort of had one sort of mum who sort of said, well, 
I've never seen that, never heard of this before. Is this normal? And her daughter went from being so totally a, a great eater to only eating white food. And a lot of, you know, so, so this was, well, no, it's not in inverted commas, normal. Um, let's find out the reason why. What kicked this off? You know, and, and it, it turned out to be a sort of this young girl felt as though she was sort of didn't know where she was heading, a bit of a lack of control. And the only thing she could control in her head was what she put in her mouth and what she was eating. So, you know, there are sort of things like that. Um, but and the big things are self-harm and depression, um, you know, which which we all have the sort of the the, the red flags for. But yeah, you're right. There are sort of unrecognized um sort of issues i think the thing is is that um we need to talk to our kids to find out what's going on um it could be dropping grades it could be just the fact that they feel that their friendship group's changing and they don't know how to deal with it it could be sort of their gender identity i mean to be honest with anxiety these things are usually if, they, if they're left untapped, so pretty meaty. And um, so it's it's a matter of spotting with your child, you know, has something small changed? Like they now no longer love their favorite program and they don't want to sit in front of it with you. Well, you know, is that a big deal or not? I mean, maybe they've just grown yeah. out of it. Or is there something underlying? And I think the thing is, is that we need to be able to know who our kids are, but we need to be able to communicate with them in a way that doesn't look, which, you know, teenagers can't stand, that need is sort of, I know something's wrong, but please just, so could you share it with me? Because I'm so worried about it, because kids just, they don't want to hear that. No, um, not at so all. it's a matter of learning how to communicate with them the best way that we can, um, so that they know that we are there to support them. Yeah, um, that is is so true. Because my my teenager, uh, he's he's changed, and I know when I was a teenager, I kind of went up to my room, read books. Um, he's one. He goes upstairs, spends a lot of time in his room. But now he's starting to come back down. He's I can tell when he wants to to talk. I can tell when he is just just wants to be in the presence of somebody other than himself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he started a new relationship and it he's one that it's very new. So he does not That's talk nice. about it. I don't even know her name. I know where she lives because well, I picked her up and or I picked him up from her house. But he's like, it's it's too new. I don't want and I'm like, okay. And I, I've I've stepped back from it and Brilliant. You'll be the last to hear as well. <laughs> and and I'm okay with that because he's happy. He's That's learning. Amazing. Yeah. Um but it's him and I have that relationship that he he knows he can tell me. And he's yeah. like, Mom, this is why I haven't told you. I'm like, okay. I've asked him some very deep personal questions and he's answered them very vaguely, broadly. But that's how he answers them. So well, yes. Lucky you, because there are lots of kids that don't even feel that. So you're obviously doing something right. So keep doing it. <laughs> I've just let him know from the time he was young. He can tell me anything. I've kept those conversations to myself. I haven't yes. shared them. His his dad doesn't know about them. My partner doesn't yes. know about some of the stories because uh, they're they're not my stories to tell. I've learned that they're not mine. When yep. he wants them open, 
he will share them. And that has gone a long way towards building that trust with him. And yeah. I'm doing the same thing with my younger son. And do you know what? That is the gold because I think the thing is, is that, and I, and I think for, for a lot of parents, um, you know, my, my son um, was only diagnosed with um, ADHD. He was 28 at the time. So with ADHD in um, COVID. And I sort of didn't feel that I could say anything about it because it was his story to tell. And I sort of kept it quiet. Not, not some sort of place sort of family but for, from a, a lot of friends and definitely social media that was it. and just one day he sort of said to me as, as we were sort of all sitting cheek by jowl at home he went do you mind because I used to I, I I have a podcast but it's on hold at the minute but he said do you mind if I do a podcast episode and I went excuse me and it was just he was ready and he and 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 it was really quite interesting because he and I had this conversation on, you know, sort of live on air that we had never had before. And it was like, whoa, okay. But he it's just the way he wanted to do it. And he just he just wanted to sort of he processed it all. And I think that was his way of doing it. Now I certainly wouldn't recommend that for everyone else. Um it was his choice. But I think the thing is you sound um, and you and your son sound that you've got a very sort of special relationship. Some people will be listening to this going, how the heck do you get them to speak to you? I mean, you know, that that's all I need to know. Um, and that's hard. Um, I've got I've got an exercise if, if if you want me to sort of discuss that or we can come back to it later. But um it's 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 important to be able to um communicate with our kids so that they have control of the conversation. I think that's the important thing. I'd love so, to share, if you're open to sharing that exercise, I'd love sure. to hear it. And I'm sure the listeners would as well. It's, I, bet, I call it three questions. And it's basically um, how to communicate with your uncommunicative team. However, you don't need to listen to this. Go and make a cup of tea because you sounds you've got it sus. But for those of us who have kids that just grunt and growl and aren't interested, at the first, and basically, you have to share this exercise with your kids so that they know what the heck you're talking about, so they know what how, how this this dance is meant to happen. So the first question is, what's your number? And that's basically on a scale of one to ten. One being actually, to be honest, suicidal or very very dark thought. To ten being, oh no, I'm fine and dandy. Leave me alone. I'm skipping through the tulips here, and you will gain, you know, your child will be able to give you um, a, a benchmark of how they're feeling. Only do this exercise once a day. If you're asking them once an hour, it's like, oh gosh, real. Um, so, you know, they're not interested. But if you ask them once a day, so one day they could be a five and then the next day they could be a seven. So this is, oh my gosh, thank goodness they're on the up. They're doing okay. I can back off. The great thing about this is, A, we get an idea of where our child is. And the fantastic thing for the teenager is, oh my gosh, all I got to do is say a number and that shuts them up. And that's absolutely great. And that allows them, that gives them, gives you a lot of information with just one word. So that's cool. So what's your number? Just remember, if you've got more than one child, someone's five will be very different to someone else's five. So, you know, sort of a five for one person is that they're really struggling. And for others, it's, oh no, no, this is really normal for me. So just bear that in mind. So that's your first question. Your first question is, what's your number? Your second question is, what's your word? 
And what we're looking for here is a describing word, how they're feeling. And to be brutally honest, most of the time you'll get angry or mad. And so it, it sort of, it gets rather boring after a while. So you're allowed to go, oh, right, okay, well, you were angry yesterday. Is that the same angry as today? Oh, no, 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 no. Yesterday I was angry because I got an F in math. Right, okay, so why are you angry today? Oh, well, my best mate just, he, he just really let me down and he sort of threw me under the bus. Oh, okay, so let's think of a different word. So maybe... Yesterday's was sort of shame or guilt or regret. Yeah, okay, whatever, embarrassment. Yeah, I just, I did, you know, realizing I should have done my revision or I should have handed, you know, whatever. So that's that's a learning curve for, for the kids. And maybe today's angry was, well, let down or betrayed or whatever. So, and this, the great thing is, is that for our kids, this gives them labels and a better emotional sort of um, understanding of what's going on. So they are able to sort of name their feelings slightly better because if they're all feeling mad the whole time, then it's it's sort of, it doesn't really help them either. But if they know that actually, no, I'm, I'm my feelings today, I'm feeling betrayed. That's validated that, you know, that's, that's, so that gives them the, the emotional sort of intelligence that they're looking for. So what's your number? What's your word? Your third question. Now then, parents, this is the one you have to listen to. Do you want to talk? And 95% of the time you'll get no, no thanks, no way. And that's absolutely fine. What happens is you have to back off and you have to remember, right, well, I've got a number in a word, so that can keep me quiet. And you just, just literally have to honour the fact that your child's not ready to talk. They might want to keep it a secret. They might not have a clue what's going on in their heads and they need to process what's going on. So we need to, as we said earlier, we need to give our kids the control on the conversation because they're young, independent adults and they're sort of trying to find their own way in the world. They don't want us to come in and bulldoze. So that's absolutely fine. There will be that 5% when they go, yeah, yeah, I think I need to talk. What we don't do is go, oh, I know, I knew there was something wrong. Sit down and tell me all about it and set the no-sumays across the kitchen table because they will run a mile because it's, oh, no, hang on a minute, it's too much. So the, the next question is, great, I'm thrilled. Is now the right time? And they might go, no, 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 no. Give me half an hour and I'll think about what I need to say. Or it could be, yeah, I think so. And it could be, well, I tell you what, let's take the dog for a walk or let's just put dinner on and you help me with the lasagna that way you're talking to your child without the spanish inquisition and the sort of you know that needy sort of oh i just knew there was something wrong it keeps everything or go for a drive you you know the best conversations with your kids are when they, they they're not sort of peering at you sort of you know eye to eye and that is how you get as much information as you possibly can out of your child using three questions um, which is a, a lot of parents have said to me, oh, my gosh, this is absolute gold. And, the, do you know, the wonderful thing is, a bit like yours, they start coming downstairs a bit more because they know they're not going to get the Spanish Inquisition. They know that their that, that, that mom or dad or whoever is going to back off. So they're likely to come downstairs and sort of, you know, watch Netflix with the dog because they know that they're actually safe. And one mum sort of said to me, oh, my gosh, we're having all sorts of conversations. This is great. I, I'm actually beginning to like my child again. I go, well, yeah, hallelujah. So it just allows the parents the stability of, on a daily basis, just getting the check-in. But it also gives the kids the opportunity to sort of go, do you know what? I know they've got my back. 
but I'll speak to them when I'm ready. And that giving them that power is huge because that sort of creates the mutual sort of respect and the collaboration that actually, to be honest, that's what you're looking for with teens now. Um, we used to be able to boss them around when they were four and five, but it doesn't work any longer when they become teenagers. So I, I always say you're moving from a managerial role into a mentoring role. And so when we can communicate with them more effectively, then that helps everyone, I think. Yeah, and I agree. Those car conversations are gold. Yes, absolutely. Um, I train uh, with my son being 16 and learning to drive. I am loving the idea of him being independent and spreading his wings and exploring the world. Yet I'm really going to miss the conversations him and I have because twice, three times a week, yeah. I am driving him to his dad's house, uh, definitely twice a week um, to his dad's house, which is a 35 minute drive. But then we have a 20 minute drive home at the end of the night because we meet halfway and him and I sometimes talk on the way to his dad's house. Sometimes he's just too tired after school. Yes, that's yeah. Other times he's very open to talking, especially if his brother has a headset on and he can't, his brother really can't hear him. And the conversations we have yeah, are just, I, I cherish them. I treasure them. I look forward. Everybody's like, why, why are you driving him that far? I'm like, that is time with, with him that I'm losing, that I'm, I'm not going to have for yeah, very much longer. He's going to be gone. I know what his plans are. He's not going to be going to college here local. He's not, he's going to be going to, I don't know where exactly he's going to end up, but he's not staying in the county where I'm at. He's not probably not staying in the state where I'm at. And you've given him the wings to fly, which is, that is success in its, in its, in its entirety. The sad thing is, success always doesn't feel great, does it? I mean, oh, yeah, I should be happy. But I am happy for them, but it's hard. My my son, he's 30 now, but in October, um, I'm in the UK, and he moved to, to Toronto, and um, he's living there now. And everyone's going, and, you know, I am missing him hugely. Um, but the other side of the coin is I've never seen him look so happy, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Is wanting your kids to be happy, wanting them. And, you know, yes, he has anxiety and yes, he has ADHD and he's flying despite of that. And it's just wonderful when our kids, sometimes they don't know what they want, but giving them the courage and the confidence to be able to say, do you know what I'm going to try it anyway? I think that's that's gold. That's brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, bravo. We're, thank you. They're, we're giving them a place to land. We're allowing them to test their wings but yeah. we're giving them a place to land if they find where they're flying is not where they want to be. And Heather, your your sort of chats every week are creating a massive foundation for that. And you don't know you'll be you'll be you'll be sort of chatting on FaceTime or video, you know, in in a couple of years' time, and it it'll still be the same because he's used to it, and and um, he's used to communicating with you. So, yeah, lucky you. Well done. Thank you. I, I appreciate hearing that, especially from somebody who works with this age group. Um, yeah, no, it's it, special. I think the lovely thing is, is, you know, your kids, your kids get older. And uh, to be brutally honest, people sort of, so once they get older, they don't need you. Oh, boy, they do. Oh, yeah, they do. 
Um, it's just the goalposts change. And I think this is the problem for parents is the fact that we have our kids, we have our babies, and, and, and we're given all these manuals and books that sort of say this is what should be in this nappy, and this is what you do when they need winding. And they even tell you about the terrible twos, and that's absolutely lovely. And you sort of, and then you think you've got this parenting lark sorted. And then, bam, something happens and they become teenagers. And a lot of the time then we don't look for support. And I think that's because what tends to happen is many parents sort of say to me, I, I, I can't, you know, can I be anonymous, you know, when they're asking questions in a group or something, or, or I, I don't know how to ask this because I feel I'm letting my child down. A lot of the time it's, yeah, I'm worried about being a rubbish parent and that sort of stuff, which we all have the, you know, that guilt. But I think the thing is, is when our kids become, they, they become teenagers, they become sort of independent adults that, you know, and, and so, so their problems are are very real and they're sometimes quite big. And so if we're, so, you know, let's sort of say, for example, a mum finds her son's been stealing or something. It's, it's, but I, if I say that out loud, people are going to judge him and think he's a bad kid and he's not, he just needs a helping hand. And, and so I can't voice that because otherwise I'm letting him down. So I think the thing is, Right, you so you know as you right as you said earlier, it wasn't your your story to tell, and a lot of people parents feel that. But then on the back of that, we feel isolated and confused. And where do I go? And what do I do? Because I can't ask anyone and tell them what's going on. So it's a tricky time parenting um, teenagers, because we you know as I said, the goalposts have changed and. It's it's hard sort of often looking for the advice that we so desperately need. And our kids, once we know how to do it better and differently, then our kids will benefit. But when you're going through that storm, it can be quite tricky to negotiate. And then with that situation that it's not your story to tell for the parents that come to, is it good for them to kind of use third party or this is the situation without really diving in depth, like how can they navigate that? Because I know that we all go through that without it really doing a lot of, I don't want to say damage to our body, but in a way it is, it's tearing yes. up our insides, knowing that our child's going through that, but we're, we don't want to share their story because we don't want to stand, we, we don't want to step out of turn. Yeah. But we need yeah. to voice that to somebody to better be prepared be the grounding for for our child. So is there something that we can do as parents to help us? You know, I to, to be brutally honest, this is exactly what I was going through in the middle of COVID with Jack. Um, and it was very isolating and it was scary. Not, well, it was scary because he came down to me one day at 11.30 at night going, I can't go on. And um his dad sort of said, can we just, you know, will you have this chat with mummy? It's late. Let's just all go to bed. And I was going, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Off you go, husband. Yeah. And so Jack, Jack sort of sat down and he just sort of said, no, 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 I'm, I'm suicidal here. And it was like, oh, oh my gosh, what do I do? And my parent hat was just spinning and panicking. And I just thought, no, 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 I've got to be, I've got to be a leader here. 
and and I've got to be calm and rational and none of this, oh my gosh, you're terrifying me. I don't want, you know, we've got to keep our, our own ego and our own emotions in check when the proverbial hits mm-hmm. the fan. Um, and I had this for, I, basically the way I pulled through it was by taking action. I, first of all, went through a number of sort of situations with him and tried to get as much information from him as I could. He was willing to talk now. It, it all came out. And so it was very much, I got to the stage, Heather, where I turned around and said, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I've never parented a t- suicidal teenager. I've advised, but this is real for me. Now it's happening. And I'm, you know, I've never done it. I've never parented a child who I think has processing difficulties and well, you know, I, I'm not medically trained, so I, I couldn't, but I said, this is what I think's happening. And you and I are gonna walk shoulder to shoulder all the way through this. And I think the thing is, is that once your child knows that you've got their back, once they know that there is no judgment, once they know that you are their safety net, that you are their sanctuary, it's actually you and them against the world. Now, a lot of the time parents are, you know, sort of, we, we, as parents, we sort of feel, but I've got to have all the answers. And the thing is, well, good luck with that, you know? Um, and so, when I just sort of said to Jack, I, I'm sorry, I have no idea, but you're not going to go through this alone. You and I are going to navigate this step by step. And he just went, that's all I wanted to hear. That's all I need is the fact that the two of us will try and find out where we're going. So we don't, and it is hard, we don't necessarily have to share it with a multitude of people. What I do know is I went straight onto Google and I was just trying to find as much information as I could. Um, and I tried to, you know, in the middle of lockdown, try finding someone that's going to give your child an ADHD diagnosis. It's not easy. Um, but we, we sort of, I, I basically sort of did that. This is what I think we need to do until we get other advice. Um, how does it sound? And he will go, well, yes to this and no to that. And, and between us, we sort of navigated what's going on, what was going on. That's easier said than done when your when your child's speaking to you. When your child is not speaking to you, slamming doors and going, "I hate you! I wish you weren't my mum." I mean, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, we 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 have, and this is the whole point. What I think we have to realize is our kids can be horrible to us, and. It's sort of a rite of passage, sorry, but that's the way it is. It's not because they hate us. It's not because we're rubbish. It's because we are the safe place because our children are floundering, they're struggling, they're scared, they're confused. And so they lash out and they will lash out at you because they know you'll take it and you'll shoulder that burden and they'll get out to go and see their best mate's mum. Hi, Mrs. Adams, how are you? And you go, why why is my child being so charming when they're an absolute cow to me at home? And the reason is, is because they can. And it's our job to be there. And no, not, we don't tolerate rudeness. We don't tolerate disrespect, but we tolerate that lashing out 
when they feel as though they've got nowhere to turn. And it's the, I don't like what you're doing, but I still love you deeply. And I think the thing is, is that our kids need to feel, we all do. We all need to feel loved, understood and respected. Um, and our teens especially, because they have, you know, they've got a messed up world. You know, that we're handing them a bad economy, um, you know, sort of the, the, the people that are running our countries, possibly not ideal, but I'm not going to get political. Um, you know, the, the planet's imploding. The, the, it's, it's sort of, we're ruining, um, you know, sort of the, the climate change is having a big impact. And our kids are, I mean, yeah, I've got so many kids that are sort of saying, what's the point in working hard? I'll never be able to afford a home. And I get it. And 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 it's we are sort of handing them a bit of a broken world at the minute, and so we need that's on the macro level. On the micro level, we need our kids to know, I adore you. You you are you know you you are my child. Love you dearly. I don't really like what you just said. I don't like how you're behaving. But you as a person. You're my number one, because when they get that, some of the confusion goes away. Some of the upset and the fear and the isolation and the the what ifs. It's just knowing that we're in their corner. As Jack said to me, he said, I don't know where we're heading either, but at least we're going to be doing it together. And I think that makes a massive difference for our kids to know that we're there without being too judgmental of them. Yep. I I'm having... The, my younger son is is showing behavior issues and he's been it's been manifesting for the last few years and finally they're like yeah you need to really take him to your pediatrician and start this process I'm like okay and there's talk of low levels of autism low levels of ADD one thing I've noticed with him since really sitting down with his support staff at school every morning before he gets on the bus I let him know that I love him and that he is capable of doing amazing things. He is capable. It is in his power. Yeah. He gets smiley faces in different subjects. I said, it is in your power to get a smiley face in every single block, to get all smiley faces today. That is in your power. And it, I love you no matter how many smiley faces you have. Yeah. And I look him in the eyes. I, I lift this because he, he has his chin. I lift his chin up and I look him in the eyes and I tell him this. He's come home. It's only been a few weeks now. He's come home for the last few weeks almost every day with all smiley faces. Oh, wow. You see? It's, they it's just made, need to hear it, don't they? He, he needs to hear it. And I'm I'm rearranging some of the things that I do. I, they had a four-day weekend. I spent time with him doing things I don't necessarily like to do, but yeah. he loves. And he's like, that was the best day ever. And I've it was playing one. a video game. Yep. And I'm like, I, I'm not, I am the only person in this house does not that does not play video games. <laughs> I'm I with you. I, and I'm like trying to figure out this controller, trying to, I'm like, <laughs> but it made such a difference to him and helping him with his math it made such a difference yeah. just letting our kids know even when they are behaving atrociously 
letting them know you still love them yeah um makes a big difference because yes they do lash out at us i knew as soon as i got got my first pregnancy test i'm like heather be prepared to hear i hate you mom i hate you mom just be prepared because it's going to come out i did it to my mom as a teen because i didn't know how to use my words to express my emotions even as a teen yes i and i think not going back to this um Three questions. I think that's what number question number two does is it gives our kids the words to start verbalizing what's going on rather than stuff that's brewing. And um, yeah, it, it just sort of gives them another tool for them to realize what's going on. And the fact, oh my gosh, there's a word for that. My best mate was like that. And there's a word for that. I felt like this because I sort of, you know, someone laughed at me and there's a word for that, which then teaches them that other people are going through this. And and I think it's important to allow them to just navigate to how, how they're feeling. We taught, I mean, and that's for the parents, that exercise is for the parents, which is, I'm going to use that with my children as well. What about the teens? Is there an exercise for the teens that aren't ready to talk to their parents? They give the parents the the number, they give the parents the word. They say, no, I'm not ready to talk, but they're dealing with stuff. Is there an exercise that they can do, or is there a resource that they can use to kind of figure out what's going on before they're ready to talk to their parents or open that door? Um, I, I would say the most valuable thing is for kids to grab a journal, grab a pen. And, and, and I mean that rather than the phone, there's something very physical about getting a pen and a paper piece of paper. And, and I call it morning pages. I'll tell you why I call it morning pages, because it's from the book, the artist's way. What's the name? Someone McDonald, I can't remember. It's on my shelf. Um, and she she sort of introduced me to this. And it's basically a brain dump every day of just writing three pages of whatever stream of unconsciousness is coming out. And it could be, you know, you sort of start off and you, you know, so you've got your page and, well, I've no idea what I'm going to write here. This is really lame and it makes me really cry. But what happens is the confusion comes out of the head and onto the paper. And the great, I, I mean, I, I do it. I do it every single day. I, I, you know, I started doing it a while back, um, you know, years ago. And it's amazing how you solve your own problems because, some people sort of say the answers are all within anyway. You've just got to be able to tap into them. You've just got to be able to find the space rather than sort of, you know, get really cross with yourself. Now, some people might do this through running and other people might do it through art. But for, for, for me, I, uh, you know, when I sort of say to my client, my young clients, just start writing and you can write absolute rubbish. You can write in French, you can write in gobbledygook, you can write in, write in emojis for all I can. But just start getting the chaos out of your head down on paper. Like, oh, well, I, I won't be able to, I won't be able to do that. I said, well, just humor me, just do it. And so, you know, some kids come back going, oh my goodness, I was sort of 10 pages and I couldn't even stop. I went, yeah, well, there you are, you see. And what you, you a lot of people, you know, some kids have their, 
get a journal and sort of keep it all in a journal. Other kids were going, well, I don't want this to be sort of, you know, handed into anyone. I don't want anyone to come across this. So burn it safely. Don't, don't just, you know, be careful with matches and lighters. Um, but, you know, destroy it. Shove it through the shredder. Shove it, I, however, d destroy it. If that's, but as long as it gets out of the head and onto the paper, there is something very sort of cathartic about just getting out all these words and that jumble. You know, one sort of kid said to me, it used to feel like that there was a six-lane motorway going on in my head, you know, car cars going all over the place on the highway. They said, when I started getting this stuff out, everything is like someone had put sort of, you know, junctions in and traffic lights, everything started slowing down and everything, I was able to get a bit more clarity. And so that's a great way because what happens is sometimes, you know, the, the third question, do you want to talk is, yeah, but I don't even know where to start. And so you can, you know, one kid sort of said, well, I just started writing and, and it was, I don't know what's going on in my head and it feels really bad, but I just want it to stop. And then they started, you know, well, why do I want it to stop? And when does this happen? And it helps them just identify sort of, you know, what's going on. So that would be journaling. It's not just for sort of, you know, the dear diary. No, it's not. It's, it's, really, it's really useful to be able to get the rubbish out of your head and you don't have to show it to anyone or you can get rid of it. It's just, and it helps you get a little bit of space and bandwidth to understand sort of what's going on a bit. Yeah, and it's whatever's going around. So uh, going on around you in your head, yeah. You have a bird hit the window, a bird just hit the window. It's whatever's right there, funnel it right down onto the paper. Yeah. yeah that is an amazing exercise. I've done it. Um, I've gotten out of the habit of it. But when I'm going through some really anxious times, yeah. Sometimes the best ways, if I can't get out to walk because it is raining or it's too dark, it's yeah. grabbing either typing it but writing it and yeah. getting it down on paper and if i choose to share it with the person if i'm frustrated with somebody if i choose to share it with them okay if i choose not to that's okay too and it's yeah. i have some letters from about almost 6 years ago and i look back and i'm like yeah that's how i was feeling yeah. i don't feel that way anymore but yes that's how i was feeling and it, it it allowed me to process those emotions yes and be able to express them in a way that wasn't frustrating to the person receiving and i think the great thing about that is is when you're writing for yourself it doesn't matter how clunky it is it doesn't matter how sort of you know right or wrong or eloquent it sounds it's just raw it's and and it's it just comes straight out i mean i the amount of times i've sort of you know i've been annoyed at someone or felt that I'd been, you know, sort of unjustly treated or whatever and started writing it out. And then actually you sort of look at it and you go, wow, I can see that point of view now. All right. So it's not just them, it's me as well. Okay. And and so it actually shines a light on yourself. And 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 the nice thing about that is you haven't actually suffered the embarrassment of having to admit anything. Oh right, now I can see it slightly more clearly. So it's a great way of sort of giving you a perspective about something and, and you know, so you don't go put your size 25 foot in it and, and make a fool of yourself. So, and also it's, it's made me, it's given me clarity so I can actually verbalize 
better what I want to say rather than go, you always make me feel it's right. Hang on a minute. That's not going to go down so well. Yeah. So let's have a look and sort of have, have a, a, a slightly more structured approach where I can get my point across. Because actually when you first throw all this stuff out on paper, a lot of the emotions come with it. And so you've got rid of those. So when you are having a tricky conversation, you've gone through, it's not as raw, you've gone through it, you might have rehearsed it. And so you are not going off on the deep end with, with the sort of, you know, the tantrums or the hissy fits or whatever. It's, it's a bit more measured. So that means it will be received slightly better, one hopes. So, yeah. Yeah, it, and I agree. Um, you, you have a book. I a do. A book. Yeah. Can you tell this... us about this workbook? I mean, I know that's like, I don't know if what we just discussed is kind of part of the workbook or if it's, but you, you um, mentioned this workbook. It's, 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 uh, it's called Fearless and Free. I'm holding it up to the camera for anyone mm -hmm. watching. Um, and it's a step-by-step -step blueprint to conquer anxiety. And what it is, it's, it's aimed at parents, but it's also aimed at the kids. So what it does, it's sort of broken down into sort of various chapters the first chapter is sort of basically just sort of just under, helping people understand what anxiety is because as I, I, I don't want people to feel I've got anxiety and I'm broken. No, 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 no. Anxiety is an innate part of being human and we all have to deal with not only the technicolor, glorious parts of life and the wonderful feelings, but we've got other feelings as well that sort of, you know, redress the balance. People call them bad and negative. I don't think they are, but sometimes they're a bit stronger. And we need to appreciate that that's normal. Anxiety is normal. So that's what this book starts off by telling you. It then um, gives a lot of advice for the parents, what to do when and how to understand your child. That three questions um, exercises in there as well. Um, and it's the do's and don'ts, what to say, what not to say, and sort of the signs to recognize um, and so that gives the sort of parents a bit of a sort of guideline on what to deal with. Um, it then addresses um, a, a lot of the issues for the kids. What causes anxiety? And, and, and you know, so for some people, it could be public speaking. For someone else, it could be asking that cute guy out or whatever. You know, lots and lots of different things. And so what is it for you particularly? And so it goes through lots of um, examples. You go, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that would make me feel a bit, oh, yeah, that, that as well. And to know that everyone else is in the same boat. Some people are sort of hiding it better. Some people are just taking it in their stride. And other people are struggling at various points. Um, what it then does is it gives you lots of different exercises. Do this when, do that when. If that doesn't work, try this one. It's, it's a book. I'm just holding it up now. It, it's, it's not a sort of read um, you know, one chapter at a time. It's got pictures in it. I want you to write in the margins. It's got checklists. So you can sort of go, oh yeah, well that that will work really well when I'm next in chemistry or something. Um, and so it helps you identify your triggers, find the coping strategies you need, and then sort of gives you a plan of, well, we don't want to get rid of anxiety. Um, people sort of say, will you help my child, you know, get rid of their anxiety? No, anxiety makes you feel a bit nervous before ex it ex exams. Anxiety makes you pay attention when the number 74 bus goes careering past. Anxiety stops you putting your hand in the flame. Anxiety makes you realize, hang on a minute, someone's just said something and I need to pay attention. So it's our early warning system. and We do not want to get rid of that. But what happens is anxiety 
for those who struggle a little bit more than others gets its knickers in a twist. And so we need to unravel that sort of that wiring and that thought process. And so there are um, strategies how to beat the negative sort of thinking um, and, and what to do in the future when this sort of thing happens. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's available on Amazon. KiteGraham.com forward slash fearless is easy, but otherwise just look for fearless and free um, and you will find it there. And it's just a blueprint that you're supposed to pick up and put down. Um, and you might leave it for two weeks and then you, and, you know, journaling's in there and sort of, you know, that sort of stuff, um, breathing exercises. And it's just a practical way of um, helping you navigate what anxiety sometimes throws up. And it's it throws a spanner in the works and it allows us just to understand how to deal with it a bit better. I love the idea. I, I love that book. I, I love how you described it. Um let me get it for myself. Because I do have it um, in different aspects. Uh, as, as an entrepreneur, you have anxiety. It's, oh, I it's, think we all do. It's just, it, it's how we recognize it and how we deal with it. Exactly. It's it's how to best accept the fact that it's there, address yes. it, and how's our best course of action to navigate during that time. Um, Absolutely. Like you said, it's not about getting rid of it because it's good no. to have, but what is, what's causing it? Yeah. Because there's many different things that bring about anxiety as, as you had mentioned. Yes. So just figuring out, okay, where is this kind of coming from? And I think the thing is, as I said, it's an early warning system. And if we ignore it, it snowballs and it gets bigger and it goes, you're not listening, come on. And so the the physical symptoms, the emotional symptoms, the, the chaos, it just gets bigger until we stop and listen and do something about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's the workbook. Is there anything else that you do um, with teens or parents? Is, are there any programs or anything that you have? I am. Um, I, I I would love to speak to anyone one-to-one at the, the kygram.com forward slash call is uh, have, have a call with me and I can sort of help you out and, and see if I can best support you. I'm developing um, a program at the minute um, called Changing Pictures, which um, we sort of touched on in the bio, which is where I support kids um, specifically, but also this this system works for, for anyone, which is um, a process that, sorts of specific anxiety or issue that we're trying to deal with um, in one session, two sessions at the most. Um, so it's um, so if you want to get in contact through, through my website, you can sort of get hold of me that way. Um, it's, it's, I'm just developing it, developing it at the minute, but it will, I think by Easter, it should be um, a, a sort of a, an online masterclass. You know, it's, it's, it's designed to be an online course that will probably take sort of three or four hours just to go through. So someone can just go, right, okay, that that is, you know, to address a specific anxiety that's going on. That sounds wonderful. I look forward for that, to hear of that launch and that release. Thank Before you. we go do you have any wise words of wisdom for us to take with us um just for, for kids who've got anxiety and what whatever causes it 
Um, you are not broken, as we said. Um, anxiety is a learnt behaviour, not so it can be unlearnt. You know, at sort of you know eighteen months, we weren't anxious, so we've learnt how to be anxious, um, and we can unlearn that. But also, for parents, you are doing that. If you're listening to this, you are doing the best job that you can so please don't beat yourself up we are all in the trenches and sometimes you know we, we we are coping and other times we need support and there's nothing wrong with that um and i think the very fact that you're listening to this sort of podcast shows that you care shows that you want to make a difference and i would pat yourself on the back and say bravo um most parents are learning by the trip and fall method as i said when jack was sort of struggling, I was going, I have no idea what I'm doing here. But we learn and we get through it. And I think we deserve a medal for doing so. So keep going, Mama, because you're doing well. Thank you so much, Kai, for taking us on this enlightening journey into anxiety, how to, to help our children, how to help ourselves, what we can do. This has been absolutely amazing i loved having you on thank you heather i've loved being here and um, i really appreciate being able to chat to your your audience all of the links that kai had mentioned are can be found in the show notes so thank you listeners for spending your time with us today if you found a nugget of wisdom or a moment of empowerment my mission is accomplished do you know someone that could use the information shared in embracing flow please share the podcast with them so until next time my friends love hard laughed often, and as always, be vividus. See you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today on Embracing Flow. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow the show, submit a rating and review, and share it with your friends. Visit my website to receive your free PDF on four ways to decrease PMS. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, love hard, laughed often, and as always, be vividus. Be vividus.